No. Hans, you blew it, you ass. You you Hey, we're live now on YouTube. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, you wouldn't know it, but it's Hans. It's Hans all Hi. And he means Hey, business. I'm here. Hello. Why don't you bring You're that enthusiasm when you first hop on the call? Because I was exhausted from watching this thing. Did it not drain the life out of you? It did, but I broke it up into one and a half viewings, to be completely honest with you. I didn't realize when we were about to uh, take this on for the show that it was going to be an hour and 50 minute movie. I hate complaining about the length of movies. I think that's a very poor argument to make in criticizing any film, even the angry video game nerd movie. But this could have been this could have been two minutes. This could have been 44 seconds and on YouTube. This, That's my opinion. This could have been a sketch and uh, it probably would have been easier to, well, maybe <laughs> just because of the length of it. But yeah, the, uh, honestly, I thought it, I was excited to watch it because I was like, hell yeah, I love when I there's a movie that's going to give me 90 minutes of just garbage that I can make fun of. But as the movie pro progressed, I was just like, uh, I'm just tired now. <laughs> like I don't even want to. Like this, just I didn't want to finish it. I took a shower in the middle of it because it was just like let's just clear up my mind from this dread. And uh, yeah, it didn't help. So now I have zero energy to talk about this. Well, so you hopefully... typically have zero energy. So this is nothing new. I don't think this is a lady ballers exclusive. Yeah, a, what was the more exhausting? What was the? Yeah, it might be. Uh, what was the more exhausting film to cover between this? I feel like Terror on the Prairie was their actual longest film. It might be. Uh, I if it say wasn't, this then one... th hold on. This movie, if this movie is the longest Daily Wire bonfire legend movie to date, they have quite a nerve doing that. Because I know Shut In was a brief... Wow. Okay. Well, Terror on the Prairie was... 107 minutes. No, that's that's longer than mm, an hour 47. This was an no, hour. No, no, no. This was an hour and 50 minutes. This was almost yep. a full two hours. Yeah, so this is longer than Terror of the Prairie. Amazing. And I I think now, you know, call me crazy. I'm a little suspicious here. I think it might have something to do with the fact that the guy who runs the Daily Wire directed this and stars in this. Do you think that might have something to do with it, Hans? Yeah. It's, it's his little... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just laughing at... Uh, Repose just said, is Jeremy Boring a very director to John Carpenter <laughs> in the chat? And uh, it's a nice callback to your drivel. Yeah, people are really not having that opinion. You know, it doesn't have that many views, but if you look at the comment section, there's like 35, 40 comments for... Which is a lot for how many views that one clip has, which is like nothing. It's getting suppressed by YouTube. It did much better on all the other platforms. But yeah, no, I, I stand by that opinion that Eli Roth is the stronger director between he and John Carpenter. What about Jeremy Borg? <laughs> I can't even finish the parking Well, thing. listen, I'm not as well-versed on Jeremy Boring's filmography. I know he directed one other movie, which was a Western. Okay, so that's one. Uh -huh. But I'll tell you what, I... I, his directing here is more competent than John Carpenter's recent directing. What's his recent direct? Did you watch? The Ward, Suburban Screams. Oh. Yeah, the word was painful. Um, th w 
Can we talk about those screenshots that you shared with me about how he was directing this movie? Oh, whoa, 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 yeah, yeah. We're gonna so we got a little insider here. We have a mole working at the Daily Wire who has decided to gift us a little bit of behind the scenes information on how this film was made, and we will be sharing those secrets tonight live on the show. But you got to hit that like button. You got to subscribe if you aren't subscribed, and you got to go over to Patreon.com/slash/Lores five dollar tier. And get those exclusive episodes, those video episodes of movies and babang. So go ahead and do that, please. We are, we're, Hans is on life support here, quite literally. And it's your patron bucks that are keeping him alive, that are affording his insulin shots every month. So, Hans, uh, why don't you just eat up a little bit of time real quick and talk about what your expectations for this movie were while I promote this show on X real quick. Okay, uh, so I had no expectations because I thought that trailer was one of the worst trailers that I've ever seen. Um, I uh, There's so many, well, not so many. There's like five cameos in the movie that just kind of feel exhausting and just kind of feel like, oh, hey, uh, this is for our audience, which I, I guess works for them. Um, there's a lot of positive feedback that I've been seeing in social media about this movie because uh, I guess uh, part of the population, uh, all they need is just to own own the libs somehow, even though after watching this, it kind of just feels like th that type of audience are the ones that are being owned <laughs> by supporting things like this uh but i had yeah i had zero expectations and i was not disappointed because i wasn't pleasantly surprised by anything i was just tired uh and it's funny because um when we've revisited all their comedies somehow they kind of work or they kind of put you in the mindset of whenever they came out so you can kind of enjoy them for that and i i saw that a lot of the positive feedback that this movie is getting is that oh it's bringing me back to the two early 2000s when comedy was funny it's like n no this movie does not do that this movie tries to do that but it has zero heart it has zero anything going for it so then it's just it's like it tries to be edgy, but it doesn't. You don't hold on, hard, hold on. You know? Let's pause real quick. Let's pause real quick. Okay. You don't think that this movie had any heart to it? Did you not see the conclusion where the little girl has oh, the yeah. basketball and the black guy doesn't like kick her over a fucking puncher in the head repeatedly and lets her yeah, go he and try and score a basket? Yeah, because you know when you're a counterculture and you try to go against what Hollywood does why would you do anything different to end your movie than what a typical Hollywood movie would do, which is everything we've set up. Oh, never mind. Cause I have to be a good dad. I, I guess that's the message, right? I, all of a sudden I'm, uh, I, I care about my daughter and I want her to be happy. She's uh, well, I don't do know what the message was. Movie... I did. I didn't get it. By the do end, you, I do you think like, okay, happy ending, I guess. I well, the, the message of the movie is essentially, you know, uh, don't take advantage of women, I guess, mm. right? Because no. that's what they're doing the, in the league. No, the message of this movie is if you're going to have uh, trans women 
be your athletes for your team. If you want to win, make sure that they're not white. Because that's what that's what happens here. They win. They beat everyone until the other team is not white, but they're still doing the same thing as you. So that's when G Jeremy's character is the name Jeremy in the movie too. Anyway, they do a Jeremy's I racers. Think so. I don't know. Fucking... They do a lot of in promotion advertising with this movie where you have not only Jeremy. The Jeremy's Razors one is the obvious one because in the middle of the film. They do a plug for Jeremy's razors. I shit you not. They did that. The other thing was Crane & Co. So here's what I learned when this movie was first announced. Every single cast member in this movie that's like a principal cast member has a show on the Daily Wire. The entire basketball team, basically all the people who are like the worst at acting, they are also hosts over the Daily Wire. And they host a show, I believe, called Crane & Co., which they promote at the end of this movie. And it's, you know, it's, I think what they did was they shaved off a bit of the marketing budget that would have went to commercials, that would have went to posters. And they said, why don't we do something a little bit different? We don't have any movies set to come out for 2023. Correct me if I'm wrong. There hasn't been anything. What is a woman was last year. They looked at this as an opportunity to go, okay, Let's feed something to our subscriber base where everyone's going to know the little inside jokes, the little Matt Walsh moments and this and that. But oh we my can God. also stir oh up a bee's nest. The Matt Walsh moment. No, what is it? Uh, sorry, I had to. I made a note out of that. Sweet Daddy Walsh adventure. That's what he called it at the end of the movie when he broke the fourth wall with Candace Owens and had that very fake laughter moment where I guess he it was tried the Mr. Burns evil evil moment where they kind of lean into that TV sitcom trope or something. The the Simpsons would always do that joke, like "Didn't I help?" But didn't I? And then he breaks into the fake, evil, maniacal laughter. Want to just give a quick synopsis of what this movie is for those who are uninitiated? Okay. So, uh, Jeremy, it's a high, high school? Is it high school or is it college? I couldn't tell because... His character they, they... name cannot be Jeremy. It's not Jeremy, right? <laughs> it's Coach Rob. Okay. So, Coach Jeremy... Uh, is coaching <laughs> high school or, or college. I don't know, because I can tell the difference with this 30-something-year-old actors that are supposed to be playing either college or high school age at the beginning, and all they do is uh, CGI their face into smooth no, 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 weirdness. No, 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 hold on a second. I mean, maybe technically it's CGI. I, because of, I, I've gotten acquainted with Da Vinci Resolve in the past couple of months where I purchased the studio version of that, there's a lot of different features that are baked into it that also carry over to Premiere Pro. And some uh, hallmark feature for DaVinci Resolve is something called face refinement. And when you use face re refinement a little too hard, what you're gonna get is a very smooth, soft face. So as you can see, we're in full screen right here, right now. Yeah. Your face starts to look, your face starts to look just like this. Like this. Oh, you're doing I it? I was, oh. I'm doing it, yeah. Yeah, okay, I wanted to do it myself. <laughs> okay, All so right. let well, me just touch up my appearance. Too? I don't know if this is even yeah. coming through on YouTube, though, because obviously the, the fucking, the quality of the video here there. goes down before it's streamed out. Oh, let's see Hans. Okay, let's, 
Let me get some more light on my face. Uh, Whoa, Hans, did you did you just become 10 years younger? This is 20-year-old Hans we have on Zoom. Don't right I just look so smooth and young now? This, this is exactly what they do, what your, what your grandmother slash aunt uses on Facebook, you know, as a filter so that she looks very young on her photos. Well, anytime you, see a, anytime you see a video of a 50-year-old Filipino lady crying because she's using the filter app on Instagram and she hasn't yeah. seen herself young in 35 years, they do that yeah. with this movie. So yep. I, could, I could identify that right away, and it had big-time Da Vinci Resolve vibes, which is like the that's the, the premier editor for a lot of YouTube people these days is DaVinci Resolve. It's very simple in terms of being able to apply different features. It has probably the best uh, color editing you know, platform for, for any sort of video editing. So I could identify that right off the bat that that is what they were doing there. And they lay it out heavily in these people's faces. It's not even remotely believable. And also, can you pull up this screenshot of Jeremy Boring as Coach Rob? that I posted to the Facebook group, which is oh. uh, facebook.com slash gang. Is it, because is he, it a young Jeremy? Because I'm not looking at Facebook. The young Jeremy Boring, yes. Actually, no, I think well, I sent you also the pictures via DM. I I, I can just show you, uh, hold on. I can just show you this, because I have the movie still in my background. Uh, well, is let's it, not get this stream taken down because I think they okay. are pretty vigilant. I'm not going to play the video. It's just like, is this what you wanted to see? Is very smooth face or, or is it you something You can play different? the video a little. Just make sure it's muted. It is muted. Okay. I already threw three chairs on the sidelines, pal. I don't... It is not muted. It is muted now. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Here we go. So everyone has that very smooth look. Uh, Guys, if you're live in the chat right now, please let us know if this is coming across easily to you, because I obviously don't know if the quality is going to be there. But he borrows a very Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. style of facial here, hair here, yeah, here. In addition to everything else, it really accentuates the forehead a bit, don't you think? Yeah, as a follicle impaired person myself, uh, it's very noticeable. This guy's face is just very fucking Thundercats cartoon type of face. Uh, but see, like, you have people that look like they would be college age or high school age behind them, but they don't have any lines. And then everyone that has a line is just something like this, where they just very smooth for whatever reason. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's just very bad. It just, it just sucks. And, uh, one note that I that I really wanted to make um, was that uh, it, it's weird to me that someone that's the opposite of inspirational gives themselves like four or five inspirational speeches in the movie and they're all played straight. Like none of them are ironic. None of them are, you know, as played as a joke. They're all played as like, you know, and adam sandler moment where he gets serious in one of his movies you know and none of them work because he's just not inspirational <laughs> at all and i'm kind of wondering if this is the this is what he does in these uh jeremy's racers uh meetings you know where he's trying to rally his group or his team along in this well i i thought it was suspicious right off the bat that on the poster you see 
Daily Wire, you see Bonfire Legend, and then you also see Jeremy's Razors at the bottom of the poster, which I was like... Well, at the beginning of the movie, you get that too, right? Jeremy's Percent, I think it is. Hold on. A Jeremy's film. A Jeremy's Uh, film. Could you imagine? What does that even mean? (laughs) No, a Jeremy's movie is not even film. You know, it's kind of like how... At the beginning of Spike Lee's movies, you see a Spike Lee joint. I think that's what he's mm-hmm. doing here. A Jeremy's film. Yeah. Movie. It's not film. It's oh, a I'm Jeremy's sorry. movie. Yeah. Yep. Get that that's right. Gonna be re- that'll be reserved for the Pendragon cycle, which is not technically not a movie. It's a TV show, but he's directing that as well. So I don't blame Jeremy Boring, though, for taking advantage of the opportunity that his company is huge. He got some goodwill off of that Jeremy's Razors commercial where people did find that funny or amusing, I guess. And now he's parlayed it into, I'm going to direct everything that comes out through the Daily Wire, and I'm going to also star in it. And um, I'll tell you what, if I'm being completely sincere and generous here, he's not like the worst part of this movie by a long shot. He's probably like the only person who kind of feels like they know what they're doing on screen. Everyone yeah. else just is lost. And it feels, Hans, if you can pull up this trailer real quick, I said it on my letterbox review. I was just getting big dip run vibes. Now I follow a guy called Outlaw on YouTube and he is very big into chewing tobacco. That's his whole channel. I saw that he was in this movie called The Dip Run from 2018. It's a big piece of shit. I couldn't get that movie out of my head when I was watching this. So I'm sure a trailer is going to be easy to pull up here. For those who know what I'm talking about. No, 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 no. Not the lady. You mean the dip run? The the dip run trailer. Yes. The, the, that trailer is so uncomfortable and watching all of the YouTube commentators this week, pretend like it's kind of funny was pretty embarrassing to watch. All right, here we go. This is going to be the dip run. Featuring Outlaw. Should like play audio? Like. Yeah, play, you can play the audio. I think okay. it's fine. It's been five years. Nobody's seen this movie. Full Lip Entertainment. That's got a big Jeremy's Razors vibe. What's up with this deal you got? What are we rolling in? Truck? Nope. We're going in that thing out there. Oh my God, dude. You can't be serious. So you're telling me. The best movies always have a bunch of out of shape 28 year old guys with beards in it. Don't you love when a director cuts? Uh, sorry, this is something that he, he really bothered me that he that this guy did on, in this movie, where you have a establishing shot of four people. Oh, that he doesn't even use here. Uh, Hold on, I'm getting very autistic here, but I have a point. Hold on. When when you have a ah shit, establishing a shot like this where it's like, oh yeah, it's four people. And what I'm gonna cut these two people is with is uh the other two people that are standing next to each other, and then you cut to the other one. And they did this on the initial um coach when he's giving his speech, and you just cut from this side of his face to this other side of his face and then back to this side of his face and that's when i knew that this director has no idea what he's doing <laughs> it's very also, obvious this this has nothing to do with your criticism here can you go back to the four shot of them 
I thought it was bad that, first of all, you should never... Let's pause on this. Pause on. Pause right here, please. If you have a guy like this on the far left who's in the black shirt in the USA, I think it's a Trump hat, don't ever do this kind of shot in the movie. No. It is the least flattering thing you could ever show. Never, ever. Like, if you're going to direct or you're going to be a cinematographer, you have to know where people look bad. And if yeah. you have this guy in your cast... <laughs> You never do a wide shot featuring him, and certainly not a side wide shot. I don't. I feel bad for this guy. He probably thought he was going to be yeah. a movie star, and now look at him. Look at that. <laughs> no one told him to like maybe clean up his facial hair or wear a longer shirt. They just showed up how they would, would normally wear clothes that day. What's weirder than this guy's pose, which is kind of just awkward, like I'm not ready to be an actor, is the guy on the far end who's standing out with his arms stretch out and his like dick pointing to the world his hips Muscular. all looking wide yeah. <laughs> yeah he's the only one who's in like i mean actually outlaws in pretty good shape too right but this guy's in in decent shape he doesn't know how to pose himself and also why are you wearing those sneakers in the shot that's that feels like he just came out from a run or something and then sat down and they were like oh we're filming right now we're filming five all right can i change will my feet be in this shot that's a common thing actors will will ask you, hey, are my feet in the shot? Because I'll wear a yeah. special pair of shoes or whatever it might be. Maybe they want to look taller. Maybe they just want to look like they have better style. But God, don't do not do this. Don't do this to people. This is humiliating. Sorry, continue unless, the trailer. Unless that's the joke, right? They just want to humiliate this guy's body. No, no, not even if... No, first of all, no, you don't do those kinds of jokes. But second, at the end of the day... If you have shots like that, it doesn't register as filmic in any regard, and it lessens the the perception of the director and the cinematographer, which yeah. we're not even like, look, it's the dip run, folks, okay? It's not really like there's that high of regard to begin with, but come on. It's also a hideous shot, too. Why is it? Why are they in the middle? Like, what do you have to show? You're showing a window behind the and uh, a tree, I guess for reasons unknown it's just an ugly looking the, shot. yeah the composition is bad top to bottom here look look we don't have to sit and analyze the filmic quality of the dip run we're not going to be impressed at any point it goes without saying it's been forgotten So they wanted so, to do just, the hangover, but yeah. with chewing tobacco. That's what, just to get it right, a dip run is just going to buy tobacco, right? It's going to your local convenience store and packing a lip, yeah. Okay. That's so it. Why would he get this crazy if it's not anything illegal or anything? <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's supposed <laughs> like this, this chewing tobacco is just so good that they had to outlaw it. And then they do a close-up you... on outlaw. Can you just get tobacco at like Walmart? You can, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You can. So, so why is this so crazy? They went to Vegas to get some special dip out of a stripper's ass. I guess well, I don't know. Maybe it's like Joe Biden's America, where beef jerky costs eleven dollars to get all the dip, all the quality, cheap, good dip is priced out. I'm going on a dip run. No, how many? Let me ask you, uh, since you've been editing Mass State Lottery for uh, uh, a while A whole now, presidency, yes. Yeah. 
how many times uh, do our characters say, "Well, this kind of just feels like a mass state lottery." Is that is that a thing that what happens? This, some kind of mass state lottery. <laughs> Wait, is this hey, a church? And was... yeah, go on. Wait, does this church have the mass state lottery in the basement? Oh man, yeah, because um, that's uh, actually. Let, let me. If those who are unaware, pause this shit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> For those who are unaware, mass state lottery. The title. There's no relevance at all to anything in the movie. You no. could have called it anything else. You could have called it Revenge of the Nerds 4, and it would have been just as accurate. So Yeah, it's like, what, like three script revisions ago <laughs> that you came up with that title, and now it's just, you just wanted to get sued by the state. I'm trying to get canceled by the Mass State Lottery, so I go to prison for the next 22 years over a title. That's what I want. Matt Reif, what do you do? He made fun of some some woman. He said, oh, woman beating joke me. I'm trying to go to prison for copyright infringement. That's the real cancellation. Play this trailer, please. Wait, so these become Six of Chase and Massacre? Is that what's going on over here? Automatic weapons and whatnot. So Automatic weapons? What the hell? We're going to have to move fast before they move the cash. I think this is Ocean's Eleven, actually. I think we need to disconnect ourselves from the negative bullshit going on in this world right now. Wow, remember Mindy Robinson? Nope. She was a right wing. Yeah, exactly. Nobody does. She was a right wing personality back in 2017, 2018. Oh, yeah, no. I don't know. Just one of these forgotten personalities that disappeared shortly after 2016. Is that the chef that was friends with Opie that died? Ten years ago, what's his name? Carl? No, yeah. no, it's not. It's no, not Carl okay. Ruiz. Carl Ruiz. That's not Carl Ruiz. I know he All was right, a favorite well. of yours, but no, Rest it's not. I know you just see him everywhere you look. No, he was so boring. I hated every time he wasn't that. Show. I was like, oh, he died. Oh no, I'm so sad that the guy that always sucked the air out of every episode is dead. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, so why did you, oh yeah, the, this Lady Ballers movie, um, has the same vibe as this, where, um, where it's trying to make something that's not really that controversial into a bigger deal than it actually is, and then you watch it, and you just kind of like, oh, I thought right-wing comedy was gonna go really far and push boundaries, and, and then you watch the movie, and it just, it just really doesn't at all like what is what is the roughest joke that this movie has um did they so in the trailer there's some there's some shots of women being thrown around and i guess the fact that they actually threw basketballs at women's faces yeah there's a there's a wrestling scene where a female gets dragged into the darkness um there's a well, hold on. There's a t-ball scene where the littlest man hits a ball, and then that hits a woman. That's... Well, they, they here's the thing: they don't have comedy writers over at the Daily Wire, do they? Because I just looked. This film has three screenwriters, and none of them have any comedy credits. The most impressive thing is additional crew on Sideways. Yeah. So that's not mm -hmm. that's not particularly hopeful here. Additional crew could have been a gaffer. It could have been a PA. 
who wasn't even credited in the movie, but they wanted to put something on their resume. Could have been something craft along services. Yeah, could be someone that's. Uh... Well, no, even craft services gets a proper credit where it'll say craft oh, okay. services. That's a that's a noble thing. You're feeding people. You're you're saving lives. But yeah. additional crew, that's very questionable. That's just a guy who's hanging out that day on the set. How do you feel about them getting Michael Knowles instead of Robbie Goodwin to play that character? That was very upsetting Can to you me. Put, you need to pull up the picture <laughs> that you said, hey, why does this guy look like Robbie Goodwin here? Because um, okay. they're both I, maybe ambiguous ethnicities. They've got similar shaped faces. I don't know. Is Michael what? Knowles Latino or Arab? Is he one of your people? I have no idea. I hope not. I don't want to claim him. Uh, but when he was on screen, I was like, oh, fuck. Robbie could have gotten a paycheck out of this. Hold on. I'm trying to pull the... Uh... Oh, here it is. Okay, also, we're taking a look now at Michael Knowles in Lady Ballers. Yeah. What were you going to say? Beth, what's, what's her name? Beth, I forgot her name already. No, uh, you keep Miss calling Snow. her Beth Cooper. That's a comedy from yeah. 15 years ago. Brett Cooper. There you go. There's Michael there Knowles. There it is. There is Robbie. Robbie could have been, could have done so much better with this character who would have put a an Apple voice on it, I'm sure, or whatever accent they would have asked of him. And Michael Knowles was just kind of himself in this. They right? were all kind of themselves, you know. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to be on camera in a character sense. So of course. You know, if they were really brave, if this was really going to be the most offensive comedy of the year, that final team that they square off against, the, the black men, would have been yeah. blackface. You get, here's who you, well, here's what you do if you're Daily Wire. You hire Lorez and Hans and Jake <laughs> and um, who else? G-Mac. And you get us to, to black it up. We'll get the shoe polish out. And uh, we'll wear white gloves and we'll do the big, yeah. big red lips and we face off and we school the lady ballers. That's what you do. And, uh, and if you are starving for blackface content, uh, Omega Fish Corp uh, arrives in January, uh, <laughs> the end of January. Yeah, I don't think right? there's black. There's no blackface. In a, listen, we got a lot of stuff in Omega Fish Corp. Blackface was not on the menu that day. Anytime, honestly, mm. anytime I tried to do a potentially little push the boundaries kind of black joke, gee, was like that's we no that's too far we gotta we gotta scale it back a little bit you know so well, we don't sicilian, have any black face. Right? <laughs> he's sicilian he's so it's his he people, doesn't want yeah you know yeah of course naturally he got a little too touchy about the the black humor but uh, i think that bernie it, mac fan i think that the, that's the most egregious part of this movie like they're presenting it as this you know, we're taking comedy back, you know, uh, this is going to push boundaries. And I actually pulled up a review from someone. Uh, did I close it? Oh, I might have closed it. Was it a professional Where, review? Yeah, a professional review from like a real website, I guess, real reviewing website, which how is that a thing still? Uh, but that, one of the things they were saying is like, oh, this is a movie that's necessary now because he's you're pushing back against the blood and it's like it, it really it, it feels like uh, like they wrote it before watching the movie because it, it really doesn't push anything uh other than very simple 
what is a woman jokes that you would expect from a daily wire like the lazy lady a lady wire uh daily <laughs> daily wire uh writer daily wire content um there is a uh a new segment where they're interviewing the players and the subtitle reads um uh stunning and brave and it's like fucking can you try a little bit you know can you not just like your your script jokes are just bad twitter jokes that right wing people makes and that that's supposed to be crushing it and uh, making me excited about comedy on this side of the aisle and it's just like no it's just it's just lazy it's just well do you it's think not... that there's any any positive element to this movie whether in terms of its impact and what it does or creatively what what is the impact what impact do you think this movie is going to have other than than and i hate saying this because if like if i think about myself like i don't really lean towards either side uh because i i honestly like when it comes to politics i kind of just want to be left alone and that's that's my my take when it comes to politics well, but why? that makes you a libertarian dave smith part of the problem right yeah that's that's me uh <laughs> but when it comes to conservative content i kind of feel like i don't know why but i kind of feel like they should be asking for a, a, a harder try than what is given and i don't like the fact that all they need to do is just code it with a conservative coat of paint and then everything is forgiven because this sucks and and the jokes are so bad that i mean you can tell they're coming from people that are not naturally funny and they're just trying to be funny but then their try to be funny is just playing to whatever stereotypes already exist online but play play them straight so then you get things like, oh, stunning and brave or, uh, you know. Uh, right. When we were talking about the trailer originally, I noted that there's a line where one of the basketball players says, I'm with her as he dunks the ball mm -hmm. into the hoop. So that's like the level of humor here. It does feel on par with, you know what it feels like? It feels like right after Trump was elected and you saw videos of little girls with kazoos wearing pussy hats and. Said, yeah. like being fed really vulgar lines like I, don't, I won't even repeat what but you can imagine and honestly if you were around back in 2016 2017 you got a sharp enough memory you know exactly what i'm talking about but re referencing like grabbing by the pussy shit and all that and yeah. you have like four or five year old girls doing that really disgusting base stuff it kind of feels like the flip side of that where it's like the most obvious things we're going to use and we're going to play it for humor and it doesn't work at all. And it especially does not really work at all now. You know, I understand that the trans thing or going against the trans thing for Daily Wire seems to be where the, the money really comes in because that was the case with What is a Woman? And now this one is, if we're to take Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro at what they're saying right now, this movie produced the most subscriptions in a single day in the entire Daily Wire's history. So that would mean the film is a success. By the way, now that you mentioned Ben Shapiro, um, you know how I've been autistically messaging you about 
do you think my line delivery was right? Do you want me to re-record my lines? Because I feel like my line delivery was horrible in this. And every time I, I see a cut of my state lottery, I'm always like, ah, I think I could have said this differently. Or do you need me to re-record? What do you think of Ben Shapiro's performance? Because before you give me your opinion of it, um, the first time he's on screen, which is like a big wow moment because the camera, like they're talking and then they stop and then they look back and he's there as this this referee authority figure. And then he looks into the camera because he doesn't know how to deliver a line. He like looks around and looks into the camera. And then the second time you see him, he definitely looks into the camera, but not as a, a breaking the fourth wall moment, but more of a, I'm not comfortable in front of a filming camera. Camera, And I, I just know that uh, he did that because when you're not used to being in front of a camera in a film sense, you know, when you, when your entire thing is just, I talk into it, you're used to doing that. But then in the, the couple of scenes that he's in, you're not supposed to be looking to the camera because the camera is not a character. The camera is not a factor in the performance that you're giving. But he looked into the camera the two times that he's on screen and I was like, okay, so you're the boss, right? You're a big guy. You're, uh, oh my God, can you believe that Ben Shapiro is in this scene? Because they make a whole point out of that. But then he stares into the lens the couple of times. And I wonder, okay, so is it that Jeremy, as the director and like co-owner of Daily Wire, I guess, was he not brave enough to say, hey, Ben, listen, um, maybe we should re- shoot this scene because you look into the lens which you're not supposed to do as an actor especially when you're just a cameo or do you think he just didn't catch it because he was too busy with his multi-camera setup well, i was just of... gonna say yes yeah <laughs> this is the perfect opportunity to talk about how this movie was shot so with any film or television series, typically the first thing that you do, unless you're really big into winging it, like a Harmony Corinne, and I can assure you, Jeremy Boring is no Harmony Corinne, you will come up with a shot list. Even if you deviate from the shot list, I, I think that's pretty norm and part of the course. You still have some sort of plan going into a shoot where you're going to get these shots. We need to get these shots. This shot is necessary. How do we transition into this scene? Well, we're going to do this. You know, just preparation. You know, you take preparation. But a lot of the Daily Wire shows, all the Daily Wire shows, as a matter of fact, are unscripted. And I believe mm. they're probably all multi-camera shoots. In television, what you do is a multi-cam uh, operating system where you will have like three... If it's a sitcom, for example, like Full House or something along those lines, you have one stage where the actors are going to perform. And then you'll typically have like three cameras set up one yeah. camera is typically reserved for feature films and for any sort of scripted uh, dramas that may be on television with this film what they decided to do wait hold on hold on go yes another another thing they do for that third camera is whatever you're doing like let's say a variety or morning morning show whenever you have a clip that's ready on camera three so whenever you have to cut from the hosts or whatever the camera three is used as like the footage camera so then oh i'm gonna play a trailer i'm gonna play a clip or uh a, a whatever uh you keep that on camera three so that you can easily cut to that one and then play the clip and go back to the host too uh so i'm assuming that that's what they do with their uh, live streams or like their podcasts where you have 
a, a shot of Ben Shapiro, you have a wider shot of Ben Shapiro, and then whenever you have a different clip, you will keep that on camera three. Right. Okay. So yeah. typically, again, that's how you would run things. Now, this is a feature film with a script. Who knows how many rewrites it went through with three different screenwriters. I, I could only imagine. But what we've learned is that Jeremy Boring did not use a shot list at any point for this film. He was not interested in doing that. Instead, we have a three-cam setup. Every single shot in this movie has a three-cam perspective to it, whether it was used or not used. And this is a sign that somebody does not know what they're doing because it means that they're going into the shoot with no plan in mind. What Hans just pulled up on the screen is a photo, a behind-the-scenes photo here of uh, what this, this situation what, with the, the shooting was. So um, that is what you know they were dealing with. And when you do things like this and you don't have like an A, B, C, D, E, F, G structure, it can be a problem. It can be a problem, especially on something like this where you have a lot of fingers dipping into many different pots because it can overload servers and something like this. You shoot a couple of days worth of footage with cinema cameras this way and you will find yourself maxing out drives 100 TB, 200 TB, 300 TB. That's not how you do it. Um, you got to think and think clearly about what your shot's going to be and then max out all of the potential of that one shot. When you do this, you're asking for a mess and tons of problems. So this is what the situation was on the film. Um, Hans, did Hans abandon deck? Hans, are you with me still? Yeah, I'm here. Hans? Sorry. Okay. I right. muted myself because I was drinking. Sorry. So what I was what I wanted to say. Is also, I was thinking, uh, you know, the, the screenshot has been on on the TV here a little too long now. Um, anyway, well, I kind of wanted yeah. I, I kind of wanted to explain what's going on here. So if we end, I because I'm confident about the movie that you're currently still editing right now. Uh, what this screenshot shows me is that, number one, this is a director that has zero confidence on his abilities at all, because what this is, is you're recording three different angles at the same time, right? So he's recording himself as the main actor of the movie in three different angles just to make sure that, you know, his performance is so good that you're going to get three different angles of it so that you can cut from one to the other in case that you need that. And that's very evident in the movie because there's a lot of times when you cut from his right side of the face to his left side of the face, which is a hideous edit to do. And what this shows is that, number one, he has no idea what he's doing. He has zero confidence on his ability to direct anything because what you would usually do is come up with a shot list so that you know exactly what your movie is going to look like. And as a, a decent director that can get a good performance you trust on your abilities to get the good performance on that shot that you choose what this is telling me is that hey in case we get a good performance from either of these shots we'll we'll have three different shots that i can cut to uh, so there's no planning here this is just coverage just in case something goes well or or if anything goes bad then hey at least we have three different angles off it uh, so there's zero trust put on 
the director's ability to get a decent shot out of that decent performance. Now, this is a very Tommy Wiseau thing, uh, because if you're familiar with that story, he had two cam, two film. I think it was two film cameras. He had a digital camera digital? and a film camera okay. going one at the same one. time. Yeah. Just in case for coverage, but that coverage is not coverage. What that is, is like a very uh, non, a director that doesn't know what they're doing, making sure that they get enough coverage to edit into the movie instead of trusting their ability and getting more interesting shots. And you can see that throughout the movie because this is a very yes. movie to watch nothing about the shots nothing about the composition of anything is interesting or makes you it, like you said it feels like a sketch it feels like someone that has no visual style uh and a perfect explanation of that is that well you're just being safe by getting three different angles of every shot to make sure that you can cut in the edit Right. But, it make, so that's that's why someone would do it, is it means yeah. a little more seamless editing if, God forbid, something goes wrong or maybe you just want an easier time piecing it together. But it does cause all this congestion and it can also cause a very like messy, chaotic piece where people are not. Here's something that I picked up on Omega Fish Corp because we use multiple cameras as well because it's not a traditional shoot. Uh, not to to this degree, certainly not. I'll assure you that. Um, but something that I felt I was starting to learn in the, the earlier stages of Omega Fish Corp is when you do do a multi-cam shoot and it's not multiple angles on the same person, but you're getting like a shot reverse shot, right? What yeah. I picked up on is that the actors will try not to hamper over one another by giving too much of a performance and that can fuck with the performances. That can lead to people not delivering their best because they're trying to be courteous of the other actor. When you do have one cam and a one cam setup and it's focused on that actor, well, then, you know, you're giving them the liberty to take it to a place where they want to get explorative or they want to try something different or they might go to 10 or they might go to one. You know, you have all these different options in place. And when you're doing that, especially where it's three different cams, on one guy yeah you really don't know what you're doing you're you're asking for a world of hurt sifting through that i mean obviously jeremy boring didn't do that himself he has editors who did that for him but god i hope they were paid well i hope that's what the seven million dollar budget went to because i th this is not a seven million dollar movie i will say that right now everything we've learned from the past movies which look a hell of a lot better and really it makes you put movies like shut in and terror on the prairie to a, a higher regard in retrospect, seeing way, where they've decided to bring um, the type of content that they're in the business of making now. Those movies cost maybe like a million and a million five to make. And that had talent. That had Vincent Gallo. That had uh, Gina Carano. So I don't understand where $7 million might have came from here. Jerry's blowing up our phone watching this right <laughs> now. Jerry from Civic TV. Um, Go well, like and subscribe. Someone, I think he's using Twitch again. I'm Bloom Online. Let me see. Someone uh, said that in a, a comment. Let me see. They just said they spend the entire budget on getting Ted Cruz for 10 seconds. Cool, dude. Which is true. Um, I Ted Cruz is in it as much as he is in the trailer. 
So what's literally the, point? The, the what you see in the trailer is what happens in the movie. They just reduce the sound effect so it's less obnoxious when they cut to the woman. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, th there was someone very <sighs> fucking shit on Dallas, but I kind of need to shit on Dallas. Is that is that is that okay, Loris? Is it okay if I shit on Dallas and? <laughs> Something Dallas, the TV bit. show from the 1970s and 80s, who shot J.R. Dallas, the city of yeah. Dallas. That's where Jake, yes. our friend Jake, the cinematologist, lives. Fat women in Dallas. Uh, no, because well, I listen, feel like... Listen, I, I yeah. have a tremendous amount of respect for Dallas and what he's accomplished. And obviously, mm -hmm. your opinion does not speak for my opinion. And yeah. I, who am I to muzzle anybody? Okay. Who am I to muzzle anybody? You know, so go ahead. Yes. Go off, King. Um, I... Is is Zaller going away from him the worst thing that could have happened to his credibility? Because I feel like now that he's daily wired, washed, I guess, uh, he should not be putting Bonfire Legend name on something like this if he wants to be taken seriously. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so what is a woman made money, right? That's what they say. Um, I, <laughs> well, I, I, I trust that what is a woman made money. I think a, a lot of people were talking about that documentary who otherwise were, you know, they had no idea what Daily Wire was, you know? So right. I, I have no doubt in my mind that made money. But now as far as Dallas, if you take a look at Dallas's filmography, there's things in there like a stone called Steve Austin movie. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's. I mean, like, but that was before Soller, right? That was before. It was around Zeller. the time. It was before or during. Right. God damn, Jerry, um, stop texting during the show. I'm <laughs> sure that fucking buzz is coming up on my microphone here. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, um, I guess I expected more of what that started as, but then Craig Zoller decided to just do his own thing and do what comic books now, right? Well, he's he, you know he's uh he's got stuff going on in his head, mm -hmm. you know that's it. Yeah, it's unfortunate what what Zoller's done because I know that Ridley Scott is directing a movie that is based on one of his books, and for whatever fucking reason they got Drew Goddard to do a screenplay of that instead of Zoller himself. I don't know if he's wow. just maybe there's like a quiet blacklist thing because he was associated with. Cinestate before it went under and uh they've you know they've only doubled down with with bonfire legend and daily wire but zoller has nothing to do with any of that like zoller's very detached so i don't understand why they won't utilize him yeah i just i don't know when i saw that bonfire legend logo knowing that he kind of passed on my state lottery and this is this is what you're fucking making now you piece of shit really this well <laughs> this let's let's clarify here they passed on mass state lottery at the script stage of it the script stage that was it yeah not the film yeah. itself they're actually i can't say who's been interested in taking a look at mass state lottery but they'd be on the list so let's just say mm -hmm. that well, let's make that perfectly clear they were interested in another script of mine. That script got entertained, and then Cinestate went under, and that was it. Yeah. So that was a wrap. That was 
uh, that's another movie I'd like to do in 10 years or something, you know, when yeah, I'm, practice, when makes per practice makes perfect. Uh, <laughs> Cinestate 2025. Mm, mm, that might <laughs> actually, honestly, it's kind of funny you say that. It's kind of funny you say that, Hans, because I got uh, Final Draft 12 open right now and I'm working on a new script. So, Mike Malkowitz, Praxis Makes Perfect. Will's, Jeremy's. I don't know who's going to be in it. Jeremy, <laughs> it's a Jeremy, a Jeremy's Jeremy, movie. <laughs> Jeremy's it's a Jeremy's Practice movie. Makes Perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. with winter break coming up, the schools are extra cheap because no one's looking after them. Classrooms are empty. We'll see what happens. But that's all. Hey, one foot in front of the other, Mass State Lottery. Everybody's still asking me, when's it coming out? Yeah. Wasn't that supposed to come out in 2022? Wasn't that supposed to come out? Listen, I'm working on it, okay? I'm working on it every day. Every single day for 10 plus hours, I'm working on something with, with that movie, okay? Yeah. And I'm, I'm only going to start... Uh, you know, dropping stuff and revving up all of the the hype around it when it's time, and it ain't time yet. It's not time no. yet. It's almost it's as close as it's ever been. And when that time comes, it's gonna be very exciting. So yeah, focus on focus on Omega Fish Corp for now. That's gonna That's be right. February. Yeah, when everyone's watching in Fantastic Fest twenty thirty, we'll be watching Mass A Lottery. Uh the festival exclusive <laughs> it'll be great because we'll reshoot part of mass state lottery in five years when we've both got yeah. gray hair and it'll yeah it's gonna look well, it's gonna be like I boyhood mean, it's gonna be like kind of boyhood again yeah. oh yeah i, I was gonna say you look like joe pesci in home alone this evening yeah that's what i'm going for that's a five four man uh, <laughs> uh for my holiday I mean, if you spirit, still had the weight the lights behind me yeah I'm if 200, you weight, like 210 now. Yeah. Is that high or low for you? It's it's the lowest it's been since I was like, I don't know, like 13. Damn, 13? You were yeah, 210 was, at 13? Yeah, I was very fat. Oh, my God. Your parents should be put in prison for allowing that to happen. Well, That's listen, outrageous. that Mexican candy sure is tasty. Uh, it's a lot of Mexican bread. You know, that's why I have diabetes Jerry, now. <laughs> here we go. Jerry, this is responsible texting now. You're more than welcome to sound off in the chat here. It won't make my phone vibrate during the show. 2033 is our year. Yes. Sorry you won't be around for it, Jerry, with all those prostate exams you get done per month. You know, they're just oh, constantly man. Poking, poking Jerry's prostate, yeah. waiting for getting, it to fall apart. Getting roasted in this chat now. Because of my pale complexion, I'm I'm actually sunburned. I went to the beach last weekend and I was very sunburned. I just I I become like a fucking red crab for a couple of days and I just go back to whatever this is. Uh, my melanin. You start is, to look Native lacking. American when you get a sunburn. Yeah, a little bit because they all have very thick, long hair. Uh, so I I I can I have to like cancer it up. And hide it that would be a cool look uh, for you to have long native american hair just to skull it should i just grow the back of my hair and just have like you should do that and then just... relapse in your drinking so you go full native american i think that would be a good yeah. move for 2024 20 i think 2024 is gonna be a very interesting year it's, a, it's gonna be a you very know big year for chaos 
You know what's uh, going to be very interesting that that I haven't told you about? I'm probably going to get braces again. So whatever role you're going to have me play, it's going to be an old oh, cryptic braces. I love to hear that. I am excited yes. to hear that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's that's the most Latino thing about you ever is adult yep. braces. Well, I had them at 12. I just, I never kept up with, you know how you're supposed to wear a retainer for the rest of your life or whatever? I, yeah. Uh, so now you, I have all this shit going on at the bottom and uh, my bite is all messed up. So the dentist pretty much said like, well, we can get you back on braces or you'll have no teeth by like 45. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What? That's right because around the corner. So my bite is like this, right? So my teeth are currently like they're, they're fit perfectly. But by perfectly, I mean, you know, the bottom ones are... Uh, shaved in a way that they feed with my top, so it's it's not good. And um, and uh, now I'm just gonna, yeah, gonna have to get braces at 38. Isn't that exciting? Damn, that is exciting. Now <laughs> we really cholo. have to shoot something. We really get some do. cholo, cholo braces going on. <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah. What'll be even better is if it changes your face shape. Yeah. Did you ever think about that? Because when you fuck with your teeth, obviously you're putting your jaw and your face at risk, whether it's positive or negative. You know, I had an aunt who got veneers and it completely ruined her face shape. She looked like a fucking horse after that. So, well, uh, that's what I don't want to do. I don't want to boogie it up at 40, you know, uh, boogie it up, where... boogie it down. You know, his t-shirt, no, his bottom t-shirt, he noticeable every time he speaks, and now he has kind of like a weird lisp. I don't feel like that would be a very, I already have an accent, you know, I already, I already think it's not, it's not the, uh, the greatest It's not in the cards for you, experience. especially if you want to be doing ADR on Mass State Lottery next yeah. year for whatever reason. Just for your that, own. That, Actually, uh, you know what, I'll announce something right now that we just came to a conclusion on, what, like t less than 24 hours ago. We're going to do, in the lead-up to Mass State Lottery, there's going to be a special ma limited limited series Mass State Lottery podcast where we're going to be talking about behind-the-scenes uh, things and stories, and we're going to be interviewing some cast and crew members. We're going to be doing that at some point. When you see that first episode drop, then it's go time. Then we're getting real, 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 real close. You're going to see it that year, basically. So yeah, that's the, that's the situation with that. So September of next year, when I have braces and, uh, and I've lost even I mean, more hey, weight, I think I know. I think honestly, by the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a near complete. I mean, it's already near complete, but like a near presentable to the public version of the film that's ready to go. So that's where now, that's are, how close by it is. But obviously, are, with, are you with distribution? Yeah. Are you thinking of a premiere where the 48 people that are currently here can fly into and and uh, make fun of us in person? Like, so, you mean like a proper film premiere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. You can, it's like rent. Of course. Just like a rent an AMC or something and then just... I mean, a, a lot of this depends on what happens with the distribution plan. I think if I were to sell this to somebody who is a little smaller where I would have more creative control over the marketing and what happens with it, then yeah, absolutely. That's a slam dunk that a slam dunk for the lady baller show. Uh, that is definitely something that will happen. 
it'll happen regardless. It doesn't really fucking matter what it, you know, if I could sell mm -hmm. this to Warner Brothers, you know, it doesn't matter. Like that's that won't happen. But, you know, yeah. if it did, there will be something along those lines for certain. The Daily Wire Plus exclusive mass sales. What I would love to see, honestly, what I would love to see is the Daily Wire's version of Mass State Lottery. Because I know when they mm. shot Shut In, for example, Gallo's dialogue and a lot of his language was pretty vulgar. It was pretty, uh, you know, epithet laden, you know. And then they decided, this is not our audience. Let's clean this thing up. Mm. And then you got a very, like, PG version of that movie, you know. So imagine if they did that with Mass State Lottery. Yeah. I think we should just do a premiere in Costa Rica because it would cost like 300 bucks to put that in a movie theater. <laughs> and they just have everyone just fly here. We'll have a little red, I don't want to say red carpet event where you have a bunch of slave people serving a bunch of what? Fruits. Is that a, is that a word that roots. I can even say here? That's what it was. So. We'll throw a premiere and we'll watch Roots. Yeah. We'll watch Mass State Lottery here. We'll have we need to have it subtitles makes a good double feature it. with Roots. That's what I always yeah. tell people right before they watch a private version of the movie is go watch all eight hours of Roots before you watch this. It only makes sense if you do that. It's a spiritual Shout sequel to Roots. Shout out Spencer here. That's in the chat. Who's one of the few people that's seen one of the cuts, right? Has he? Seen oh, he's one? seen like 12 of the cuts. Honestly, Spencer's <laughs> been like a good litmus test because Spencer's taste, I feel like is so different from our own. And it's like specifically tailored to something that I'm trying to make sure it's like, up, you know, it's good. We're, we're floating well. Um, so, yeah, that's been uh, Spencer's been a good go to beta viewer. I will say that he has seen every major cut of the movie and even his last cut that he watched of Mass State Lottery is radically different than what exists right now. You've seen the most recent one, Hans. Only I think only Hans has Hans yeah. and maybe uh, Jerry and maybe Jake, the cinematologist. Yeah. That's it. And it's all right. It's no <laughs> lady ballers. <laughs> it's no lady ballers. That's for certain. That's for certain. Nothing is uh, when it comes to sports comedies. You know, since you want a man, we haven't had anything this inflammatory and. Do you, you want think a man Mass still State holds Lottery up, owns the libs? Mm. Uh, well, no, it's an actual very multicultural cast that you have in that movie. So I think you might have actually. Well, you don't think Lady yeah. Ballers had a multicultural cast? They had Michael Knowles. They had mm -hmm. Jamal. Who? Every player? Every, every player from the other team? That's their name? <laughs> who else um who do we got in msl who do we have jerry Funny who's duress. wider than me Je uh, yeah jerry oh yeah i th i th no i was just talking names oh okay uh eric roberts i think that's makes a cameo nah eric roberts is one i wanted to get but he was too he, honestly he was cheap and very reasonable extremely cheap for an academy award nominee and then i was like i was ready to pull the trigger on that and I asked myself, what could I do with this money instead? Mm -hmm. Oh, I can do like a hundred other things with the, the, the budget here. Let me do those. Because flying yeah. him in and then just like getting one. Like, what is it really going to do at the end of the day when there's a thousand Eric Roberts movies released per year? Yeah. 
And the budget was going to go in whatever he was wanting to drink on the day, too. So at least I came with my own Costa Rican liquor. <laughs> at least I, you didn't have to buy me any liquor there. But yeah, Eric. No, Hans supplied. I mean, honestly, you were the closest thing to craft services for those two shoots. So, yeah. Very generous. Just, just a, a nice, nice late night shot to have a warm night in this cold weather from Boston. Yeah. Guarito. Yeah. Yeah, and we got little special uh, wooden cups as mm -hmm. a thank you, as a parting thank you. And then who yeah. left theirs behind? Jay, Jake or somebody left theirs behind. Oh, I did. <laughs> they had to have it mailed to him. Oh, really? I have mine still here. I don't even know why I got one, but... Or, or was one. it... I think Jerry met him at the airport to give him his cup or something. Oh, yeah, something like that. Or me. I don't know. My memory is really... I don't even remember what happened last was week. You? You're talking about I, a movie I, that happened a couple of years ago. I think I met Jake at the airport, and I'm, it might have been for that, or maybe just to say hello for like five minutes. Yeah. And then his plane crashed, and he was never <laughs> yeah. heard from again. And then he so, was revived to... Oh, I was about to... To ascend. Yes. Well, hey, where does Lady Ballers fall for the year for you? Is it the worst movie? Is it also you saw The Exorcist in theaters? Yeah. To clear up what we said before. Oh yeah, you thought true, the last true, movie true. You watched you you said it was Avatar, and then I was putting Lady Ballers on my list because uh, I rank all the films I've seen from twenty twenty three for any year. I've been doing this since about twenty eighteen on Letterboxd. Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out where it fell for the year for me, and. It's in. It's about in the bottom six or seven. Lady Ballers. Lady Ballers. Jesus, what have you seen yeah. this year? That sounds horrible. I watched You People, that movie with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. That was worth with the ah. CG kiss at the end, where they turn <sighs> into each other and then their faces just bleed into one another digitally. That was really bad. I found that to be more offensive. So there. Yeah. Um, I passively, I think I passively watched that. Didn't really pay much attention. Oh, did you notice that we got a super chat like three hours ago? Yeah, well, hold on. I'm sorry. What did the super chat here say? Can we just go back to that? Yeah, that it says I ball hexagon sun. Yeah, I ball out with the ladies. Six six six. Okay. Cool. I mean, there was no need to add the satanic references in there. That puts Hans and his family on edge yeah. when you do that this is latin no i have to go all. yeah i have to go pray some ave marias and padre nuestros and shit with my mother <laughs> okay here's actually i'll tell you what it's in the bottom four for the year from me the worst movie i've watched this year was indeed you people the worst feature okay. film okay then it was the shazam sequel which i don't i didn't even like the first one which was critically well received i don't know why i watched this one it was atrocious it was terrible then it was Renfield, and Renfield is honestly, I knew that was going to be a big piece of shit. So there, the only thing I can say that was good about Renfield is it's mildly, very, very, very mildly enjoyable when Nick Cage is on screen. That's it. That's it. Everything else I hated. I hated everything from the get-go with Renfield. So Lady Ballers just edged that out. Yeah, I didn't. Why do you do that to yourself? <laughs> I saw the trailer for that and I was like, cool. Another movie that I just don't need to watch. I mean, Nicola, I, I enjoy Nicolas Cage, but he puts, well, 
he's in like 10 movies a year so you you can kind of pick which one uh the one where he where he's playing like an old bald man that one looks kind of cool i don't remember old what it's ballers. called but yeah the, yeah uh, uh um old dogs no what is that movie called old uh wild hogs three uh is that the one Did you that see, hold on there's a, there's another one coming out there's a new wild dogs old hog old hogs movie that is coming out to end the trilogy we talked honestly there's a, i think there's a very entertaining clip of hans and i back from like 2017 or 2018 breaking down the hypothetical sequel to old dogs and wild hogs and i think we oh it, yeah and this is not rhyme at all it's called old soldiers and the idea i think was clint eastwood and mickey rourke and tom arnold and roseanne barr and like three other Jack Lemon, three other old actors are in it to win some war that's going on with North Korea. Is that one of the episodes when I was blackout? I'm pretty sure you were that drunk. Yeah, you were probably yeah. that drunk. This is before yeah. honestly, this is before we were podcasting. This was a late night stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I kind of remember the I remember the um the cover of the video that you used. I don't remember. I remember talking about old actors in this this movie, but I I couldn't tell you uh, what I said. So I think it was one of those uh, dark days where where alcohol was overtaking my life before I got diabetes and changed everything. It's very inspirational. They should have made this movie about you. Mm -hmm. That's a much more Christian arc, don't you think? Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't know. This movie has a pretty pretty nice ending <laughs> well let, hold on you didn't okay. even finish breaking down the plot synopsis you know you jump ship on that maybe after a minute yeah. okay so Literally, it starts... as soon as, I, as soon as you started explaining it you stopped explaining it mm -hmm. and started talking you just pulled up an imdb page hans is yeah. known to do this anytime he wants to derail a subject he'll go well let's take a look at the imdb page and then yeah. he does that, and he'll read every fucking credit on an actor's IMDb resume to get out of whatever question has been asked of him. I said, Hans, you know, whatever happened with that that cancer report? Did you know yeah. what happened to the cancer test they ran on your testicles? And he's so nervous about the doctor. Obviously, he doesn't want to know the results. He's like, yeah, but hold on. I just I wanted to look up uh, Bill Murray's IMD. Not Bill Murray, his brother. Uh, why don't we take a look at that? God bless America. Bobcat Gold, and then we'll do that for 40 yeah. minutes. And that's what's when the show really bottoms out is when we're doing that. So Lady Bob. It's always it's always kind of related though. Like when I when I derailed and started talking about Philadelphia after a test that I took, and then I was like, Oh, have you guys seen that movie Philadelphia? Get it, because I got I don't actually have the eight. Uh yeah. So the movie starts with Jeremy Boring being very smooth. And he's a basketball coach, and his team kind of sucks. No, actually, his team is not is not that bad. They win. I think they're a good whatever. team. Yeah, yeah, they win because they're all thirty five years old playing against high schoolers. Then we move on. I think it's ten years later, and he's trying to coach high schoolers, but no one respects them because they have a phone, and phones are evil. Do you guys know that social media is evil now because you don't respect your coaches? And then he uh, he um, uh, he gets together with a journalist, and the journalist says, um, "Hey, how about uh, 
this trans stuff and then he was like oh yeah maybe i i uh, would go back to my high school slash college aged um players that used to be kind of good and then i'll just put a wig on them be because that women bad at, at sports and then right. that that lasts for like an hour um where they beat women up in different sports there's baseball there's swimming there's running uh basketball and, and one of the guys other gets things. gang fucked at some point by the other basketball team that happens about like 90 minutes into the movie i don't know did oh, you yeah. find honestly did you laugh at any point no no Not it was a, it was a lot of smirk no it was a lot of just uh, <laughs> it's like uh like i i see the type of joke that they're stealing from and it just doesn't hit it doesn't it, none none of them hit with me i was just like okay i see what you're trying to do but but this is very attempted to be attempted to be shocking in 2006 without without being shocking for 2006 i guess like the, it, you still have to keep the, this image of like family friendly daily wire thing so when you're trying to do a comedy that pushes boundaries but you're unable to push boundaries then it just kind of kind of stays there, a, there in the middle yes th i think that's an excellent point of when you want to do comedy and you want to touch something that's a, considered an edgy subject these days but you do have this self-imposed morality of let's not push it too far we you know we have this christian family viewer base here but we want to do this they could have made all sorts of this would have been ripe for material and honestly yeah. like a basketball team you know the Joanna man did this already you could have done Better. it with something else it could have been you know i guess basketball is still popular as a sport right so you couldn't do soccer and have it be as popular as of a movie Dude, the, so i i don't know but yeah the Joanna man scene where he is at a bar and then he takes a pee in a urinal it's edgier than anything you'll find in this movie that yes. tells you everything you could have done so many micro know. penis shots at any point and made a joke about hey maybe you should stay a woman you know you do that sort of thing so I, I, yeah at, at no point was there anything really subversive about this film i said it in my letterbox review if you nailed a liberal to a chair and forced them to watch this movie i don't think they'd be offended and they don't even no. really go after trans people i mean i guess they do because there's like there's moments where it feels so propaganda like a heavy hand of propaganda on the script to make it clear in case you showed up and you were not aware of the fact that this is not uh, in favor of transvestitism or whatever, they they do this whole thing where the girl, the little girl, Jeremy Boren's daughter's like, a girl showed me her penis at school today, and oh, he's yeah. like, what? Yeah, Carol, the girl, she showed me her penis in the and then you know he's getting into all these verbal. Uh, spars where it's like no but you can't be a girl but you can be a girl but this is aren't you a bigot for saying that now i'm doing it so aren't you a bigot yeah. if you just shut the fuck up we get it god i was getting a headache like 22 minutes into the movie so matt walsh also plays a cuck matt walsh yeah. is like a hippie 
but like the the vert like the made fun of version stereotype of a hippie from a 90s tv show like if you watched yeah. if you watch family matters or step by step and there was like a hippie cousin or something that's the kind of version he is in this movie and he's a cucky boyfriend for the ethnically ambiguous ex-wife of coach rob jeremy boring but but even that is played as a as a i don't know it's just not funny it's just and that's my biggest issue with this that, it, that uh most of the time i was just thinking oh okay i think this is supposed to be funny but is it that i'm just not the right audience is there an audience? Oh, yeah, well, there yeah, is it's a, both it's both there is an audience for this because they showed up and they flooded rotten tomatoes with positive reviews thumbs up across the board that's a fresh tomato and the one review on there is from uh what's his name something toto christian toto and he gave it a positive review i've seen people reacting people that i watch on youtube reacting to the trailer and having a positive reaction not going you this is a little cringe no the only guy who i saw that's part of that sphere who did that is the quartering so okay. i guess there's 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 some integrity to be found in the quartering that's it you know it's very unfortunate tim pool he immediately had jeremy boring on his show to talk about this groundbreaking film there there's also, also this hold on there's also this thing okay all right. I just want to put a pin in the Matt Walsh character with the Matt Walsh character. He just kind of gets dumped abruptly by Jeremy Boring's ex-wife. I don't know if you caught this, Hans. Um, there doesn't seem to be. So a big point of the movie is Coach Rob is seeing this journalist who's kind of a sociopath. And, uh, you know, she's very cold and she's into BDSM. She likes tying him up and doing all this sort of stuff. What you have to wonder, is Jeremy Boring telling on himself a little bit? Does he maybe, maybe kind of like those hardcore liberal women with their more alpha ethos? You have to wonder these things. Now, he winds up getting back together with the wife who's already partnered up with Matt Walsh, but there's no conscious... Uh, uh, explanation of why that falls apart, why, you know, her relationship with the Matt Walsh character goes kaput. So here's how I think the movie should have ended because Coach Rob, Jeremy Boring, gets back together with the wife. I think it should have ended with Matt Walsh becoming the bull of that relationship and it being just a cuckold, weird relationship with him as as the, the controlling force in that trio. That's as opposed to just playing the magic fairy at the end where he's like, oh, I fix things. Isn't that? Yes, he just plays fun? a non-magic fairy for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It's it's really bad. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that if this is what conservative comedy... This, along with My Son Hunter, is what conservative comedy is, then fuck it, just let it all fucking die. I'll go back to enjoying Hollywood well, somehow. I, listen, I, hey, no, 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 you won't, because there's <laughs> something new on the way. Didn't you see this? Hold on, didn't you? No. Hans, didn't you? Don't you follow no. the news? There's an Adam no. Carolla animated series coming out from Daily Wire. This is a really exciting stuff. You want to just pull up the article if you can find that real quick? Um, it is called Mr. Beecham, and I think it's about like a woodshop teacher or something. It looks like every animated series today 
and it features an all-star cast of Candace Owens, Patrick Warburton, uh, and um, Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know who the fuck's in this cast, but I know it's pretty D-list. So Daily Wire is really going full throttle into comedy, and Adam Carolla, I guess, is going to be the ship that steers it because he's got nowhere else to go. So they just announced this thing. I'm sure since Lady Ballers has been a success that they're going to wind up doing multiple comedy films to come. It's going to be, it's a bright future. It's a bright future for, for right wing co- million dollar extreme world peace Two coming to bent key daily wire. Plus let's see. What do we got? Megan Kelly is uh, doing her. The He's modern right. Greta Garbo. That's what I always, yeah. always call her. You got Roseanne Barr, Kyle Dunnigan, Candace Owens. Um, and uh, is it this thing? Which, a uh, Crank Yankers oh, character. No. Oh, wait, hold on. Is it's that... a Crank Yankers character that they're taking to 2D animation? Yeah, is that what's going on? It, it must be. It's called Mr. Bertram and it's Adam Carolla. Yeah. Uh, uh, Attempts to navigate a world he doesn't understand or approve of. He's befuddled by his gaming streamer son. I nod at his selfie-taking snowflake students, and he's constantly at a... <laughs> This description is already so obnoxious that I... Constantly at war with the school districts appointing GEDI, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Officer. But this his best body, auto shop teacher. Okay, why Wendy can't they just stuff. like here's here's the biggest problem I have is why do they have to make it specifically about all these issues that they're against? I think the most effective way of getting people on your side regarding any issue or idea is leading by example. And if you simply produce a good cartoon or a good movie that is funny and you happen to also be a right wing person or a conservative person, then Whoever is watching that that doesn't agree with you is going to be much more inclined to at least tolerate who you are and what you believe in than doing this. Yeah. This is this is the 700 Club in cartoon form. Yeah, this sucks. It's like, hey, uh, comedy is going to come out from from acknowledging all of these uh, problems that uh, that. Uh you know, we're all going through as a society and the problems are that, hey, my daughter takes selfies. And it's like, oh, well, isn't that going to be a riot to watch? Hey, my son uh, does streaming. Oh, man. Imagine all the jokes that you can come up with from a dad that doesn't understand that. I'm honestly Can't surprised wait. they didn't think to do a My Son Hunter animated series like That's My Bush. They could have done that. Do you think they asked Vincent Gallo to do the voice for Mr. Bertram? Well, if the movie had not bombed as it did, I'm sure they probably would have done something like this. But yeah. Well, know. it's very unfortunate the way things are going here. You know, there's not a whole lot of quality internet entertainment these days. So you got to take what you can where you can get it. Not everyone can be as talented or multi-talented as something like Logan Paul, for example. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. So listen, I think we're going to wrap up the show on that note. 
Lady Ballers, it's in my four worst of the year. Hans, where does it fall for you? Probably that last. I haven't checked my list, but uh, I can't remember the last time I enjoyed something less than this, where I just felt completely exhausted by the end of it. And I went from being excited to talk about this when we talked about it and saw the trailer to now just being like completely drained out of energy and everything yes. from this. Yes. You know, Monkey Jones, yeah. Simi and Jimmy asked me if I wanted to hop on an Is It Kino episode tomorrow with the Kino Corner, Kino from the Kino Corner. And um, I knew that we would have so much to say on this show that I would just be kind of drained and being repetitive. So I'm going to have to sit that one out. And it's just, I kind of want to forget this movie now. I'm going to put yeah. it in the past. It is definitely the worst film that The Daily Wire has released at this point. And I kind of feel in retrospect that maybe we went a little too hard on Shut In and Terror on the Prairie and whatever else. What was the superhero one? They had quite a few movies come out, didn't they? Does that mean that it does that mean that it's only going to get worse? Yeah, of course. <laughs> when is it ever meant it's going to get better? This is a success, so it's going to get worse. Make no mistake, it will get worse. Uh, let's just go down the list real quick, and then we'll we'll wrap up proper. These are the daily. Oh, I guess are they not promoting it anymore? Okay. Oh, here, uh, shut in the Hyperions, mm -hmm. Terror on the Prairie. Those are run, hide, fight. Sorry, that's where it mm -hmm. all started. They acquired run, hide, fight. Those yeah. are the four scripted ones. And then the rest are, well, Lady Ballers is the other scripted one. But then the rest are all unscripted documentaries. Fauci unmasked. Unmasked, excuse me. Uh, I'm not 60 years old. The Greatest Lie Ever Sold. Dennis Prager. What We and, Saw. Uh, what, the mur making a murderer one too, right? Convicting him. I think they had higher expectations. I don't know if convicting a murderer did what they were hoping it would do. And that's unfortunate because a lot of those Netflix documentaries are pure bullshit. And yeah. I was very excited for that. And I watched the first episode. I thought it was good, you know, but I, I didn't sign up for Daily Wire to keep watching. So yeah. I don't know. Now it's just a convenient talking point. Like, oh, yeah, clearly State, Stephen Avery is a murderer. Like, clearly he's a fucking sick freak. Yeah. No one wants to say that about Adnan. And Nan Saeed, who they let go free, that guy definitely did it. He fucking, he chopped up that little Chinese girl. No question about it. No one wants to talk about that. Sarah Koenig didn't even know how the fuck to end her podcast. They let that guy go. Despicable. It really made me sick, too. I watched the HBO documentary with his sister. The argument was, he's an innocent boy. He could have never have done it. Why? He's my brother. Hmm. Good fucking argument, you dumb cunt. Anyway, that's been Movies for this week. Thank you for 